I'm Jeff Grody with Grody Ranch in Mason, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. we got another week rolling, and I've got another episode rolling for you of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, a cooler, wetter forecast for this winter is giving farmers optimism for the new wheat crop. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. With new funding from the state of Texas, West Texas A&M University in Canyon is expanding its work in animal agriculture. I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. As the peak of tropical season nears in the Gulf of Mexico and Atlantic Basin, residents along Texas coastal regions need to be aware of the latest weather forecasts. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I will have more on Texas Ag Today. As temperatures continue to remain high and the chances of rainfall seem to be weakening, it's important to consider the effect this will have on any herbicide application. I'm Dr. Vanessa Olson from Overton. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. This recently harvested wheat crop was one that most wheat growers would like to forget. In fact, much of it didn't even make it to harvest. You name a problem, and it probably happened to last year's crop. But this upcoming crop has the makings for a pretty good one. Scott Strawn is the county agent in Ockletree County in the northeastern panhandle. Yes, with the rains, and now at least with this drier weather, they're getting the fields worked up, and we do have our subsoil profile moisture built up. And so looking forward, if we can get back to some favorable weather, we're probably having the best prospects for wheat planting we've had in probably about three years. And so being very optimistic, these rains really helped us a lot quicker than we thought as far as building up our profile. So looking to the future, our wheat crop could be a good one. Strawn says there's about six feet of soil above the bedrock in his area that can hold that subsoil moisture for this upcoming crop. We may not get a record corn crop this year. USDA's Crop Production and Supply and Demand report released Friday calls for the second largest corn crop on record with production of 15.11 billion bushels. The current record crop was slightly larger than that at 15.14 billion back in 2016. 
USDA lowered the expected yield in Friday's report to just over 175 bushels an acre. That's down about two bushels from last month's forecast. Now, all those numbers aside, we are still looking at a huge corn crop this year. Texas A&M livestock economist David Anderson says that will be supportive to cattle prices, depending on the weather in the Corn Belt. You know, the risk there is what's that path of of drought look like if it begins to go away, uh, improve. We have a huge corn crop, we'll get much lower corn prices, which which means lower feed costs to producers and higher calf prices. Anderson says a combination of a big corn crop and continued herd liquidation due to drought will keep cattle prices high for the next couple of years. In another positive development for feed prices, USDA also lowered its soybean yield estimate to 50.9 bushels per acre. That's about a bushel less than last month's estimate. That lowers overall soybean production to 4.2 billion bushels. USDA estimated U.S. wheat production in the report at 1.7 billion bushels. That's down slightly from last month's estimate. Their wheat price estimate left unchanged at 750 a bushel. West Texas A&M in Canyon is expanding its work in animal agriculture. James Hunt tells us new state funding is making it happen. It was big news when West Texas A&M announced recently that the university in Canyon will receive $6 million in new state funds over the next two years to continue establishing what WT calls the Center for Advancing Food Animal Production in the Panhandle. To learn more, I talked with Dr. Kevin Pond, the Dean of the College of Agriculture and Natural Sciences at WT. He says this funding will help grow what the university can provide. Our biggest shortage is having enough people with our growing student population and our growing need in research. We have a large PhD program that we wish to grow dramatically. That all takes people. And so with this money, we can add to our faculty with outstanding scientists who can come in both for teaching and research and also some in extension. So what do you think we'll see in the way of additional personnel in numbers? In terms of hiring them, we have right now seven positions that are being advertised that go from forage-type individuals to genomic-type individuals that meet the needs that we have going forward. The funding is also expected to help increase by about 150 students WT's enrollment in food animal production-related studies. We'll talk more about things on the research side in future reports, but essentially Dr. Pond says the Center for Advancing Food Animal Production in the Panhandle is focused on strengthening our region's food production involving beef cattle, dairy cows, and pigs. Which would include the production of the feed for them, the use of water and so forth, and the production of the food products themselves all would fall under the umbrella of our Food Animal Production Center. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. We are now approaching the most active period of hurricane season. Tom Nicoletti checks in with the National Weather Service for an update. Now that it is the middle of August, farmers, ranchers, and all residents along Texas coastal regions should be mindful that the peak of the tropical season is approaching fast. Although conditions have been relatively calm so far in the Gulf of Mexico and Atlantic Ocean, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA, predicted earlier this year up to 17 named storms 
five to nine hurricanes, and one to four major hurricanes. Here is National Weather Service meteorologist Tom Bradshaw. As we get deeper into August, certainly early September, we, we reach the climatological maximum. That's when conditions are, are most likely to spawn the formation of a tropical system, not only in the Gulf of Mexico, but across the Atlantic Basin. We are looking at a potentially normal, somewhat above normal potential for tropical systems this year. The waters are very warm in the Gulf, as they are and across much of the Caribbean the Western Atlantic. And so it only takes one system to get spun up to really pose significant problems for us. So to your point, we certainly need to stay aware of the weather conditions out there and uh, keep our safety plans in place in case a system does develop and affects the uh, Texas coast. Yes, those waters out in the Atlantic uh, and the Gulf around the Florida region are in the 90 degree range. Well up in the 90s, especially down around the Keys. I mean, it's absolutely bathwater conditions right now. And that certainly can create more tropical systems as we move forward. Certainly provides the fuel. If the system can get spun up, it's providing the kind of energy that you need to have very intense storm systems if they do manage to develop. So we've got to stay on top of it. In Fort Worth, that is National Weather Service meteorologist Tom Bradshaw. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The hot and dry summer is probably not the best time to apply herbicides on pastures. Forage specialist Vanessa Olson explains why. Treating weeds or brush with a leaf spray application when temperatures are high will usually result in poor control for several reasons. When temperatures exceed 90 degrees Fahrenheit, plants will slow down their growth and will not move the herbicide down to the roots. Additionally, insect damage during this time of year also decreases the amount of leaf available to take in the herbicide. Finally, hot temperatures make leaves waxier, a trait used by plants to retain moisture, but will decrease the herbicide's ability to move into the leaf. When spraying with high temperatures, time your applications for early in the morning when temperatures are not as high. Never spray when temperatures exceed 90 degrees Fahrenheit. During morning hours, weeds will take in herbicides rapidly and translocate them to all areas of the plant. Later in the day, when the sun is hot, stomates close to conserve water. Some herbicides are especially susceptible to volatilization, so care should be taken to protect desirable plants from accidental movement of the herbicide. Refer to the product label for specific recommendations on herbicide usage during hot and dry conditions. Ideal temperatures for applying most post-emergent herbicides are between 65 and 85 degrees Fahrenheit. For herbicide recommendations for weed control, contact your local county extension agent. If weeds are a persistent problem, careful analysis of current management strategies may be necessary to determine the underlying causes for the dilemma. In most instances, management strategies involving use of the appropriate stocking rate and a good soil fertility program will do much to alleviate the weed problem. This is Dr. Vanessa Olson with Texas A&M AgriLife Extension in Overton for Texas Ag Today. If you haven't yet taken it, now is the perfect time to take Hunter Education. I'm Jessica Dolmel and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And several wildfires have popped up across Texas over the last couple of summers, creating smoke that can affect livestock. Dr. Bob Judd will have more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
The 2023 Texas Cattle Feeders Association Annual Convention will be here before we know it. TCFA invites you to this year's convention, October 8th through the 10th, at the Gaylord Texan in Grapevine, Texas. The 2023 convention boasts outstanding educational, informative, and networking opportunities. Register before September 7th to save on your registration and hotel room at the 2023 TCFA Annual Convention. Find more information by visiting www.tcfa.org. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. We've seen more than our share of wildfires across Texas over the past two summers. Dr. Bob Judd says those wildfires can create smoke that has an effect on livestock. Smoke from wildfires can not only affect humans, but can also affect animals. The American Veterinary Medical Association indicates that if you feel the effects of the smoke yourself... You need to try and protect your animals, and this includes livestock. Animals with heart or lung disease are particularly susceptible to the effects of smoke. Some of the symptoms to watch for include coughing or gagging, difficulty breathing, eye irritation and excessive drainage from the eyes, or inflammation of the throat or mouth. Other symptoms include nasal discharge, asthma-like symptoms, rapid breathing, fatigue or weakness, disorientation, stumbling, and reduced appetite or thirst. There are a lot of areas of Texas that have a high wildfire risk in a drought. And if you live in these areas, it's a good idea to make a plan on how to handle your animals should a wildfire develop. The first item of the checklist would be a written plan on how you're going to handle your animals should a wildfire develop. Pets can be handled fairly easily, and in most cases, unless you have a large number of pets. Placing the pets inside your home should help decrease smoke exposure. But this is impossible with your livestock. Having a horse trailer will allow you to move your horses in case of a grass fire, so having a trailer is important. I know you may think this is a lot of money to tie up just in case a wildfire develops. However, if you have horses, you need a trailer anyway, as some medical procedures cannot be performed on the farm. As far as other livestock, plowing a fire break around your pasture may help keep the fire away to some extent. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Now is the perfect time to take a hunter education class. Jessica Domel tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report. If you haven't yet taken hunter education, now is the time to get that taken care of before the fall hunting seasons officially begin. Steve Hall, hunter education coordinator for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, joins us with more. Those that are required to take hunter education in Texas is anyone born on or after September 2nd of 1971, which includes many age groups and many age classes. So a lot of folks need to take hunter education. And even if they're older than that, some states like Colorado require it for those born on or after January 1 of 49. So it behooves all Texans to take hunter education, whether they're hunting here in Texas or out of state. Hunter education courses are really basics in safety, legality, and responsibility of hunters and shooting sports enthusiasts in some cases when you talk about things like firearm safety. So the curriculum within hunter education dwells a lot on firearm safety and handling, hunting safety in the field, and then finally things like outdoor responsibilities, survival, first aid, wildlife management, conservation, and the role of hunters in that formula. 
it's really just a basic course. It's kind of a rite of passage in the United States and has been for a long time since the 1940s when the first mandatory program was passed. Today, all 50 states require hunter education in some form or fashion, and most of us have online-only options in Texas. That's for those age 17 and older. And then there's in-person courses for those under 17. Hunter education is good for a lifetime. You can find courses near you on the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department website. Simply search Hunter Education. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We had a mostly negative day at the agricultural markets to kick off the Trading Week Monday. We'll check out all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. We saw a lot of red ink on the board on Monday to kick off the trading week. Cattle market finishing lower on both live and feeder cattle. August live cattle down 62 cents, 179.75. The October down 65 at 180.67. December live cattle down 47, 184.97. Triple digit losses in the feeder cattle market. August down a dollar fifty-two, two forty-six twenty-two. The September down a dollar thirty-two at two fifty-twelve. October down a dollar two at two fifty-one eighty-five. Cash fed cattle market all quiet on a Monday. We wrapped up last week selling cattle late on Friday afternoon here in the Southern Plains. Most of our cattle selling at one eighty. That's steady with the previous week's average. Had a few reported as high as 185, but most of the cattle selling in that 180 range. Boxed beef prices were higher Monday. Choice up 268, 30529. Select up 238 at 279.61. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. My guest Jody Fry, producers in Cargyle, San Angelo, sells them on Thursday. Jody, how did it go, son? We were shorter on numbers. 600 head was the total today compared to last week's sale. Uh, continue to sell steady on these kids and yearlings. Very strong demand, especially on them better quality. Slaughter cows and bulls, firm to $2 higher. Bred cows and pears today sold about steady. Steers, four to 600 pounds, better quality from 190 all the way up to a high of 265. Cattle traded from 210 to 240. Better quality heifer calves, four to 600 pounds from 180 all the way up to a high of 240. 
mostly two dollars to two twenty-five. Slaughter cows average to high yielding, eighty-two to one hundred two. Several of the highest yielding slaughter cows we were talking about there from one hundred three all the way up to a high of one seventeen. Thin are very low yielding cows, just a few of those from fifty-five to seventy-seven. Slaughter bulls average to high yielding from a dollar to a dollar eighteen. Had a few of those highest yielding slaughter bulls from one nineteen all the way up to a high of one thirty-five. Cow calf pairs, just a few single pairs. Average quality today, anywhere from eleven thirty-five to a high of nineteen twenty-five. How do you feel about sheep and goats and cattle for next week? That six thousand plus or minus has been our number yep. uh, for a month or so on the sheep and goats. So yep. we'll see how it plays out. Forecast uh, much the same, I guess. But look for a better run of cattle next week. We've got a special calf sale in conjunction with the regular Thursday sale. I'd say nine hundred to a thousand next Thursday's cattle sale. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Jody Fry. Office number 325-653-3371. My mobile phone's same area code, 234-7895. Neighbor, I'm Larry Marble. Thanks for listening to Walking the Pens here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. You're doing so right now on Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now, where lean hogs were mixed. August hogs up 15 cents, 102.25. October hogs down 217 at 79.15. Class 3 milk closed lower. August milk down a nickel, 17.27 a hundredweight. September milk down 20 at 17.78 a hundred. Cotton market took a sharp drop after that big jump on Friday following USDA's WASDE report. The Ag Department cut U.S. cotton production by 2.5 million bales down to 14 million bales for this crop season. Of course, that's a positive development for the market. However, Monday's action was described as more of a buy-the-rumor-sell-the-fact kind of trade. So we dropped off lower with October cotton down 164 points, 87.65. December down 142 at 86.47. March cotton down 136 points, 86.31. Corn market slightly higher. September contract gaining one and a quarter, 575 and three quarters. December corn up a half at 487 and three quarters. Both hard and soft wheat closed lower on Monday. September Kansas City wheat down five and a quarter, 750 and a half. September Chicago wheat down 10 and three quarters at 616 a bushel. In the energy markets, September natural gas was up two cents, 279. September West Texas crude down 79 cents at 82.40 a barrel. The financial markets were mixed Monday afternoon. The Dow down 19 points, 35,261. The NASDAQ up 123, 13,768. The S&P up 20 at 4,484. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this episode of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas Agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.